Hello, and welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. And hi, guys. It's me, Sana, Sana Amanath, just me, no Judy. So I'm going to try to figure this out on my own. It's going to be tough, but we're going to do it. (laughs) Um, So I'm actually really excited. There's a lot going on at Marvel, as always, and we've been working on a new series, uh, a new new project, actually, called Marvel Spotlight, which is a collection of plays from the Marvel Universe. But this is a little different, and I've actually... um, Uh, been on the ground trying to develop these plays and it's a series of plays that is made specifically for young teens but for high schools across the country and it's just been a really interesting and meaningful experience for us because um, not only are we bringing these characters that we love to the audiences that we think are really going to appreciate them but we're letting the teens make something of these stories themselves do their own spin of the Marvel Universe uh, with these very fun plays. And so to kick it off, uh, we brought in a few playwrights to speak with the women of Marvel. The first person that we're talking to is Karen Zacharias. Um, Karen is one of the most produced playwrights in the nation. She's actually one of the inaugural resident playwrights at Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. and is a core founder of the Latinx Theater Commons. Uh, Karen wrote Squirrel Girl Goes to College. It is a one-act play that is all about, you guess, it, Squirrel Girl going back to college. It is super adorable, really funny. She really knows how to write Doreen Green. And I got to talk to her about her experience writing for Marvel for the first time, writing a very unique kind of play, and just what it was um, to uh, become a playwright, particularly with her background. She is also Latinx and um, really brings that into a lot of her storytelling. So a lot of fun conversation with Karen, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Hi, Karen. How are you doing? Hi, Sana. Nice to be here. Yes, we're so happy to have you. You're doing some really incredible things with Marvel. You are a very accomplished playwright. You have done so much. Why don't you tell people a little bit more about how you got your start in playwriting and what you're working on right now? Um, I got my start in playwriting when I was 10 years old and moved to this country from Mexico. Nice. And uh, there was a mean boy that would say things to me after school, and I never had the right retort. So I went home and started writing my retorts to him. And then I started wondering why he was mean to me. And then I developed this incredible, heart-wrenching backstory for this kid that now I don't even remember as a child, I remember now as a character. And that was the beginning of my playwriting career. It became a tool about how to navigate this new country and all these new feelings that I was experiencing. What was he doing? Was he just a bully? Yeah, he was just your, you know, bully. And I was, you know, I had an accent. I came from Mexico, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, in my story, his father did not love him. And, you know, there was a lot. And maybe those things were true. But the idea of, of building empathy and compassion for him came through my writing about him. So what was your, like, did you have any really good retorts? What was the, do you have any zingers? No, you know what? (laughs) I never actually used them because by the time, by the time I actually encountered him again, I was like, we don't have to be like this. It's okay. Oh my (laughs) God. Anyway, so that's how I I began uh, playwriting. And I think dialogue writing is a natural form uh, for young people anyway to start 
telling stories. And I also grew up with comic books, and they're all dialogue, oh, really? you know, mostly yeah. dry, dialogue driven. So the idea of of panels and yep. bubbles with words on top of your head was a way of thinking that I had since I was young. Well, that's it's interesting because we actually think that the most alike medium to comics is playwriting. Yes. Right? So what was it that, that drew you to playwriting? Like, what was the, the world for you that got you excited in theater? Uh, people. I yeah. mean, playwriting, if you're a writer, it can be kind of a solitary exercise. Mm-hmm. And writing for the theater makes you have to work with other people, makes sure. you build the play. You don't actually write a play, you kind of build it. Yeah. So the idea of, of, of tackling stories that actually bring people together in a room was very exciting to me. And you can get story uh, from a lot of places, but you can't build community mm. in all the same places. Absolutely. And so I was very excited about that kind of philosophical energy that drives um, theater. What was the first play that you ever did? Well, there's three instances. One was in high school where we had to write, uh, you know, you got vocabulary words and you're supposed to write a sentence Mm -hmm. with the vocabulary word. And it was so boring. So Mm -hmm. I wrote a murder mystery using all the vocabulary words, but in in playwright form. I got a D, even though I, it was, you know, it was so much, I didn't do the assignment, (laughs) but it was my first play. And I did use every vocabulary word and I think I used it correctly. But anyway, that was my first play. And my second play was in college when I took short stories and my short story writer wrote next to my dialogue, he wrote the word Pinter, mm-hmm. who's a famous dramatist that I did not know back then. And so I took that story and made it into a play. Ooh, and that would you say that was successful for you? Like yes. what was your, your that was your first successful yes. kind of play? Yeah, no, that my first I got very lucky. It was done at my university and then it won an award and then it went to another university. That's amazing, yeah. So, you know, and I was an international relations major. I was not a theater major. I was yeah. not doing that. So it was very rewarding. So to, was was that the moment though that you were like, This is I'm in, I'm gonna do this for my life, or was it more like a hobby? It, it started, you know, I come from a family that has artists and scientists yeah. and um, I wanted to make sure uh, some of the artists in my family were sometimes um, not as kind or expected people to mm. take care of them for their art. And so I had made the decision that even though I wanted to be a writer since I was six years old, that I was going to make sure I had a, a career that I could depend on myself, yeah. et cetera. And the moment I, I started having that and I earned a little bit of money and all that, it's like, okay, I can get rid of this and start yeah. writing. So. Well, it's interesting because I feel like, and I, you know, I'm South Asian, I'm Muslim mm-hmm. background. I'm, I'm curious to know, and that impacted a lot of like, oh, my desire or my ability or just the, the reality of being able to work in the creative arts, I never thought I could do that because I also was like, oh, I have to, I got to do something realistic. Right. How much of sort of your heritage, your background influenced obviously the decision to, to do playwriting, but also the work that you're doing? Well, you know, coming here and being an immigrant, feeling like an outsider, I mean, it gives you great observational skills. And then the idea that theater builds community and brings people together and everybody's working. So it it became a way, uh, I always found the art as a way of bridging 
divides. Mm -hmm. And so I was interested in doing that work. And my my other, my major was international relations, which is mm -hmm. all about diplomacy and all of that. Yeah. So even though I worked in that for a little while in Washington, D.C. in diplomatic ways, I found that actually dialogue building yeah. um, was the best way to resolve things. And so that playwriting became a part of my everyday life. And so then I started saying, well, what if I actually start making these ideas into Place. It's so funny. You and I actually have very similar backgrounds because I started out as a political science major. Yeah, it's, yeah you were, <laughs> we're the same. Exactly. Uh, poli sci, <laughs> Middle Eastern studies. Yep. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go change the world. Yep. And then I ended up doing uh, working at Marvel. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> You're like, what's the connection? Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up starting a, a theater company in Washington, D.C. and writing plays. And yeah. it was just a different way of doing the same work. Um, yeah. I always thought I was going to have a diplomatic passport and, yeah. you know, travel the world and all of that. And instead, my passport became playwriting. Which is amazing. That's so cool. Like, I feel like you've bridged the gap between sort of your original passion to your current passion and you've made something out of that, right? Yeah, you know, if you can marry the things you believe in to the things you love to do, you get to be a lucky person. And I think I've, I've been very fortunate. Well, what the cool thing that I learned about, which is you started something called Latinx Theater. Commons, yes. Com yes, com Commons, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no, you're right. what, what, is, what is that about? Where did that come from? Well, that came from, uh, I live in Washington, D.C., and um, there's not, you know, it's not a huge Latinx theater community mm -hmm. there. And I was feeling somewhat isolated. And I found out that a lot of my contemporaries, we were feeling the same way. We were all trying to do our work. Um, and the other part of it was this frustration about being on panels all the time and talking about the Latinx experience, but then the theater not doing the play and all of that. So it was, it was kind mm -hmm. of out of this energy to update the American narrative to include the story of Latinx people, not as some exoticized criminal element that's been, you know, in the stereotype. Sure. And out of that, what was really exciting is that we started with eight people and now we're thousand people national we have all of awesome. you know everyone can join go on Facebook and hear what's going but it, it was all about creating art together and being positive and proactive and not knocking on the table of other theaters but just building a big table that other people would want to come and sit with us and it's been phenomenal the rise of Latino plays going on in regional theaters, et cetera. I think, you know, people are starting to lift their eyes and see, yeah. you know, we're in some ways the scapegoat of many things that are going wrong in this country. But when you put the story of underrepresented people on your main stages, it's saying that our stories matter and we're, they're part of the fabric that is the United States. Yeah, and it's also very cathartic, yes. right? No, to see your story yeah. represented on stage, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's all part of that continuum that started when I was 10 years old mm -hmm. and trying to understand this boy who wasn't kind to me. It's all part of the same trajectory. Well, it's actually interesting because um, – so you wrote – we're going to segue now to comics yeah. and, and why you're here today. Yeah. Because the character that you wrote for the, the Marvel Spotlight plays that we're doing is a character named Squirrel Girl. And she's actually all about understanding other people. Yeah. It kind of makes sense that you wrote it yeah. considering your background. <laughs> I, I love Squirrel Girl. Yeah. You know, she is the most powerful of all the superheroes <laughs> in the Marvel <laughs> Universe, the only one that's never been defeated. And she's indefatigable. Can I say that? Indefatigable. Anyway. And, and, and you know, she, she doesn't back down, but she's also always looking for a solution. So I think she is 
a really positive, warm, funny, disarming feminist icon that we can all, you all, everybody wants to be friends with Squirrel Girl, yeah. I feel. So um, I wish I'd had Squirrel Girl when I was growing up because. Well, yeah. Well, what's cool about that is that, you know, now that these plays are going across the country and high schools, you're kind of arming young people and young students with just like the ideals and the principles of what it means to be like a good friend and a good person. Yes, a hero, of course. Yes. But that's why it's incredibly important we have those stories in the hands of young people Absolutely. In and, you know, to get to embody them. Yeah. And, you know, Squirrel Girl is a little different from some of the other plays in that it is a full comedy. It is pushing the kids to really embrace what a comedic chops and comedic uh, values in theater, which is something a lot of kids don't get to practice. And it actually... Drama is hard, but making people laugh and care is even harder. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's demanding in a really fun, interesting way, and it's a really positive story. Well, you did such an, um, you know, for those listening out there, I've been a part of the process of building these Marvel Spotlight plays, and um, when I first read your play... I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like you captured, it's so funny, it's so sweet, heartwarming, but you really captured the essence of what's happening in the comics currently. The comics are written by Ryan North and uh, drawn by Erica Henderson. It's really fantastic. And this character also has existed for, you know, since the 90s. And it was like this cult classic character, but you you sort of took everything that existed in the comics form and you had to translate it into this play. Great job. Thank you. Hard job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard job. What was that process like for you? And and I guess where did you start and what were the challenges of really taking that adaptation? Well, first of all, I have navigated translation since I was young, you mm-hmm. know, my you know, Spanish to English and mm-hmm. code switching and all of that. So that's a kind of a natural kind of phenomena. And First of all, you need to love your character. And I love Squirrel Girl. And I love Tippy Toe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the idea of Dr. Doom coming up in a play <laughs> was just so um, delightful to me. And trying to figure out what are the, what are the aspects, what are, what are the absurd aspects of growing up in the best kind of way that we look at that and, and the challenges that come up with that. So that that was the first one. And then the other one was coming up with a, a villains that were worthy of Squirrel Girl. So doing the research and talking to people about who was a kind of hidden villain that should come up that yeah. should be in there. And my husband who's a big, big Marvel fan, he's like, oh, it should be <laughs> Modoc. And I'm like, Modoc, you know, and uh, that was really fun to go into all of, you know, have all of these appearances of other Marvel characters. Were you so you were telling me earlier that your husband's a big Marvel Comics fan? Yes, he is. <laughs> it was like the secret you found out. Yes, right? like, it's the <laughs> secret I found out. We had a whirlwind romance, and he did bring up because oh, I have some comic books, and I mean, we really we we got engaged on the fifth uh, date and married oh like three God. months later. And um, <laughs> and when we were moving in together, he opened this this door, and it was I mean four thousand uh, four thousand comic books. It was so many and so basically oh my we God. gave in our walk-in closet for 10 years so they could sit 
and be preserved in the dark. And so I did not know. So I really, really um, have a connection to uh, Marvel Comics. So oh, they take up awesome. space in my house. So, <laughs> I mean, it should be a positive connection. Yes. I hope. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah. It's great. And so the idea of being a superhero and the idea of with great power, power com- yeah. comes great responsibility yeah. was something that came up very early in our house. And I feel that's how my parents brought me up, too. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I actually have a question. Like when you obviously these are these are plays that we hope young people are going to embrace. Like what do you what do you hope that um, the students taking on these plays are going to take from your particular play? And, and what are you most excited about seeing? Well, first of all, I'm really excited about seeing uh, an ensemble mm-hmm. do this because even though um, there's a lead part of Squirrel Girl, et cetera, the idea of an ensemble is super important for this play and that, you know, heroes um, work when they work in community. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of, of the of the this specific play I'm very excited about. But the idea that um, someone takes a risk and that friendship is kind of the most important risk you can take mm-hmm. and being honest with the people around you and believing in them as you want them to believe in you, that leads to growth. I find that to be a, something that you know is compelling and it's outside of social media, the actual interaction of people with each other, I find really, really hopeful. And it's a play about joy. It's a joyful play. I mean, there's breakdancing and all sorts of crazy things going on and that anything is possible on stage. And so hopefully anything is possible off stage too. There was, um, I did see sort of a sneak peek one of the high schools had done. And the way that each of the kids had really like, or teens, young people had um, like really embraced each of the roles and made it their own. That was so, I was not expecting it. It was super moving. Yeah. 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 And all the plays, I mean, all yeah. the plays, uh, the the young people involved with them have, have been fearless in trying to portray them and trying to help us shape the plays in a way that it really resonates with young people today. You know, we didn't write these plays for us. We write them to be a platform for young people to talk about their feelings in a mm-hmm. way. And the fact that we've had so much contact and so much, you know, feedback from uh, high schools across the country has really helped strengthen the work. So they're wonderful critics and dramaturgs and actors at the same time. Yeah, they're also talented. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I know. It's so exciting. Yeah. The future is bright. I was not this put together when I was that age. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for all the Marvel Spotlight plays that we're doing, we did this really great cover art. Erica Henderson actually drew all of them. Did, have you seen them? Oh, my God. I love it. The yeah. energy, the, the the sense of movement. I think people don't realize, like, uh, how hard it is to have movement in, yeah. in it. So the, the, the it's just combustive. Yeah. Uh, Squirrel Girl <laughs> just jumping out there and ready to take the world. So I love the cover art. And, you know, I'm really grateful for the invention of this character from Ryan. So, you know, it's just great. Is, 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 this, is that actually like... Again, like I'm a novice to the world of just the to theater in general. Mm-hmm. So even though I love it, mm-hmm. so is this is this common? Like, do people see art like this on sort of the the covers of the the playbills, if you will? No, no, no. Yeah. Usually, you get a very pretty uh, color. Yeah, and your play in um, 
just block letters oh, cool. on the cover. Every once in a while, you might get a photograph from yeah. the production on yeah. the cover art. But no, it's unusual. So having, I mean, this felt like collector's item yeah. kind of art that I was very it excited. It is. It's so <laughs> beautiful. So I was like, oh, my husband's going to want to collect this one. So, yeah. you know, oh, that's so. awesome. You've seen the play, right? Or at least yes. one of the students. I've seen, I've seen uh, workshops of the play. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah the, the, as it was going in process, several. How was that? It's amazing. Yeah. It's like seeing it's like an architect watching your building get built in front of you in ways that you never suspected mm-hmm. and showing you inventive ways of solving some of the problems. You know, how do you how do you do a flashback to graduation with one second and no lights? Well, these kids and their teachers figured it out. So it was really really fun and very alive. Yeah. At the same time, I wonder, like, are you nervous? Are you kind of cringing to being like, oh, no, is this going to work? You know, they say playwriting is like being in the first row for your own eulogy. So you just (laughs) hope that you live the good life and they have good things to say. So there is that moment of feeling naked and on stage. But because it's being interpreted, you know, it's not like I write a short story and I'm speaking directly to you or a comic book speaks directly Mm to you know, the writing, it's being interpreted by so many other different artists. And I do consider the high schoolers putting on these plays as fellow artists. Um, we are all colleagues. And that is very exciting and moving to me. So I'm excited to have my words in such able hands as these young people. Yeah, well, you've, you have lived a good life. <laughs> okay, so just so you know, based on my experience okay. and what I've seen. Thank you. Well, what would you, you know, speaking of the next generation, you have been through so much. Your experience is so extensive, you know, both as an artist, but just also as a professional artist. What sort of advice would you have to aspiring artists, aspiring playwrights in particular, to get them motivated and inspired to do what they want to do? I I would say to... uh... Make sure as you're going through life and they're like, oh, you know, that people don't, you know, try to make yourself clear and all of that, but don't tame who you are in a sense. So the things that the very things that people used to critique about my writing are the very same things that have made me successful. So it's the weird, it's the the weirdness. Um, And that's what kind of, you know, stood out. So I think, you know, protecting you. You know, be open to learning and changing and rewriting, but make sure the essence of what you're trying to say stays there. And the chances are, if you know the answer, that that's not the play you want to write. You should (laughs) always be an open-ended question. That is a great piece of advice. Really fantastic. It's hard to follow. but Oh, yeah, of course. We don't follow our own advice. What are you talking about? Karen, that was amazing advice. I love talking to you. Thank I you so love much. Thank you, Sana. Thank you for having me, and thank you for, you know, having me as part of the Marvel universe. It's a broad, beautiful place, and it's happy to be part of the constellation. So, thank you. I love it. You are now officially a woman of Marvel. So, welcome. Thank you. Muchas gracias. <laughs> oh, I like it. So that was our very fun conversation with Karen. And um, if you guys are interested in seeing any of the Marvel Spotlight plays, um, they actually are going to be across the country. Uh, A few high schools, actually a lot of high schools have already signed up. Um, So just, you know, maybe wander into your local high school and be like, hey, you guys doing the Marvel Spotlight program? Oh, you aren't? Why not? Let me tell you all about it. Because... Your high school should be doing them. It's it's super fun. And if you're interested in learning more, visit marvelspotlightplays.com. 
For those of you coming to New York in a few weeks, uh, Women of Marvel will be back with a bunch of different kinds of events, but namely we're going to have the Women of Marvel panel as we always do on Sunday, October 6th. It's going to be in room 1A06 at 12.15. This is actually a very special, I mean all of them are special, but this is a special uh, panel because uh, Marvel talent from games. We're also going to be doing a special screening. It's actually the world premiere of Marvel Rising Operation Shuri. So it's going to be 90 minutes. The the end of the panel is going to be all about Shuri. So make sure you show up. Bring your family. Bring your kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully we're going to have some great giveaways as always. So uh, come visit. Come say hi. Otherwise, you can check it out on a podcast um, a week later. All right, guys. That's all I've got. This is Marvel, your universe. 